0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the Infertile Diagnosis. Welcome back to another Closer Today clip where me, Monica Cox from My Mindful Me, helps you to get through the BS of infertility one inspirational clip at a time. Today is Christmas Eve, and I hope that you guys are all having an amazing week off and really taking time to reconnect with yourself, your loved one, and your loved ones around you, whether that is friends and family. Now, as you can tell, I don't really stumble on a lot of um, true infertility inspirational quotes or messages. They're very few and far between. It's hard in the like YouTube algorithm to find them as well. But I found this one from Lisa Miller and um, it just gave me chills. Now, as you know, I'm not like a super emotional person and i um, but this is just, I thought this would be such an amazing clip to share with you guys on, you know, sometimes one of the hardest weeks of the year during infertility. So I truly hope that you find this clip um, just super inspirational and really start connecting with your own inner voice and um, really truly following it. So without further ado, here's Lisa.
1: The dark of the night, 4 a.m., I look over and my husband's not there. I look further and I find him, flat on his back, looking at the ceiling, arms out. Our lives are hollow and meaningless without children. It had been two and a half years of hopes and prayers and failed fertility treatments no one had come. And the despair that ripped through our hearts woke us night after night, to the point where friends and family called just to see how we were doing because we so clearly were depressed. As a clinical psychologist and scientist, I had been trained to see that depression is a disease Much like cancer or diabetes, depression as a disease had symptoms of despair and isolation. And yet that simply did not explain the road we were traveling. Nor did it explain the depression that follows loss of a spouse, miscarriage, trauma, or the natural transitions, sophomore slump, midlife crisis portholes and passages, chapter breaks that seemed core to who we are, were not aberrant, illness. They were not disease. And so my husband and I continued, with each cycle ending in a disappointment that felt like a funeral. And as we continued down our road of trials, we started ever so gradually over months and years, to open our eyes from a dark and isolated place, quite alone, to a place where we started to hear the guidance of helpers and healers, the folks who on the Appalachian Trail through hikers call trail angels for bringing food and water when they need it most. Our trail angels brought what we needed most, wisdom and guidance. So one day I came home after yet another in vitro with the haunting feeling as I drove my car that this too was a failure. And sure enough, as I stepped to the door, the evidence was incontrovertible. A tiny dead duck embryo lay on my threshold and I knew it was not possible that the embryo in me was alive. And so I went to bed and had a long, depressing nap to awake to a duck, the mama duck who'd lost her aspirational baby. And the mama duck was persistent. I thought, what would the duck want with me? She wanted to come towards me and as I opened the door I saw she'd brought me a gift, the most precious thing in the world to her. She'd brought me a plump, juicy worm. Mama Duck and I, there we were, two aspirational mothers, not alone. Not alone because Duck and I were side by side and not alone because of the great force that brought Duck. And so too through that force came the guy on the bus. And the guy on the bus winked, <laughs> leaned over, and said, You seem like just that type of mother that would go all around the world adopting all types of kids, opening up that new possibility. Listening to the helpers and healers opened my awareness so that the next time I was woken in the night was not by the rip of depression, but by a great and clearly sacred presence. A presence with a love so great and a gravitas that I sat up and the present said, if you were pregnant, would you adopt? And I said to something so awesome and great, the truth, which was no. But I also knew that this journey was more than a disease <laughs> and that this depression was opening the door on a path of becoming, a spiritual path. Continuing down this path, I wanted that baby. (laughs) It was great that I was on a spiritual path, but I wanted that baby. And so we didn't quit. Up and down the East Coast, the best IVF labs in the country, we went so far as to find the team that invented IVF. And sitting there in solidarity on bed rest with my spouse, we found that the remote was stuck in our our hotel room on one channel, one interminable documentary, four hours (laughs) of a little boy A little boy who stood in a garbage dump alone and said, I don't care that I'm poor, I don't care that I can't go to school, but it hurts so much to not be loved that I sniff glue to make the pain go away. In line there on our multiple round of IVF, my husband and I looked at each other and he said at first, we knew there was a child out there for us. We made our way to a wise woman and hovered round her table, the daughter of a once clergyman. She looked at us and said, Frankly, what is it that you are looking for in your child? And I leaned in and said, Well... I don't care if this is a boy or a girl. I don't care what race this child is. Just please, a child who can love. And my husband jumped in and said, well, yes, all that, but kind of a girl. (laughs) (laughs) What we knew in common was that the voice that said, you will never be parents, the voice that came from being alone in darkness was now a voice that said, Parenting is love. It hurts so much to not be loved. All he wanted was a mom, all I wanted was a child. What would have made us family was love. Parenting was love. This was depression as a portal to a world of connection, a world of love, a world in which we walk a spiritual path. This was depression as only one side of the door and on the other door was illumination, warmth, light and spiritual path, spiritual passage. Now as a clinical scientist it was clear to me that anything true through yet another human lens of knowing can be again shown. The certainty I had that depression and spirituality are two sides of one door, seemed well within reach of science. And so my lab, together with that of Myrna Weissman and Brad Peterson and Ravi Bansell, did the science. Two sides of one door. Where is it in the brain? Where is depression as the porthole of the spiritual path, not the disease? And we found it and we found it in broad and pervasive regions of the cortex. We welcomed into our lab deeply depressed people from families loaded up with generations of depression and similar people with families loaded up with generations of depression who through their journey of suffering had reached a foundationally spiritual path. People whose lead foot was now depression for having traveled the darkness. And what we found was that in precisely those regions of the brain, which atrophied and withered in lifelong depression, for those people with a strong personal spirituality, there was a thickening of those very same regions. The cortex was thick as if you were looking at a tree in the Amazon versus a tree withering under the cold and drought. Two sides of one door is in us. Depression is not always an illness. It can be. We can need to be rebooted or recalibrated or medicated. It can be. But very often, depression, as everyone will face it, is core to our endowment and core to our development. My husband and I continued now with this knowledge that we were on the spiritual path in search of our child. It was clear that our suffering was not for naught. It was not an empty symptom. And with the awareness that we were becoming, the presence came back. And the presence asked the same question in a deep and profound way. And my answer was honest, which is, I am getting there. I can feel we're down the road. There is the possibility of spiritually evolving into the person who would answer yes, but no, I'm not quite there where I would still adopt a child if I were pregnant. My love has grown, but is my love that great? Not yet. And so we continued and I found myself in the community of those who for generations have known that depression is but one side of the door and spiritual awakening the other. Seated on the floor of the Anipi, the sweat lodge, Among the Lakota in South Dakota, I joined the circle of women and here each woman talked about the suffering which had brought her to our collective prayer. My son, he's 40, he's not come home to his family. My son, he's 14 and he's starting to use substance. And I in turn shared that I was searching for my spiritual child. Together we prayed and we sent it up. We sent our prayer both for one another, ourselves and the collective up. To great spirit, Wananichi. That night, a call came. They'd found him. That very night, on the other side of the earth. We have found the Miller's child, was the message. They're great girls, and we can sure find you a girl. But this is the Miller's child, and this is a son. Well this time, clinical science had something to say to the spiritual path. When we looked at the women who through suffering had come to a spiritual path with nice thick cortexes, they also had another quality. The back of their head gave off a certain wavelength of energy that we call alpha. And it's also found on the back of the head of a meditating monk. Alpha has another name, it's Schumann's constant. It's the wavelength at the Earth's crust. The spiritually engaged brain vibrates at the frequency of the Earth's crust. From the Inipi across the globe was found Isaiah. In through this matrix of consciousness, love, this sacred field that is in us, through us, around us and covers all living Earth. This is the world in which we live a world in which we're never alone, in which there is guidance, trail helpers and healers. And through the field of love comes just the person, the guy on the bus, the medicine woman, just that living being, the duck, the wise, generous animals, our sisters and brothers. And in fact, we can no longer begin to think that we are actors on an inert stage, but that the world is alive and infused with that sacred field we might measure as high amplitude alpha. Knowing this, we live into an inspired life, a life of meaning that is not one that we create, but meaning that is truly in the fabric of the world. We live an inspired life. Isaiah, my son, had been found named Isaiah, for one world, Lakota, for those who helped find him. And yet we still, although far less depressed and much more full of love and connection, had the anxiety of actually meeting him, finding him, bringing him home. And then one day, the FedEx came and we peeled it open and there was the video. We popped it in and the most joyous little boy full of happiness, arm around the nurse. (laughs) A love like I had never felt lifted me up and any remnant of depression were shards on the ground. And together, my husband and I went to bed as parents. That night, the presence came back, the great sacred presence for the third time. If you were pregnant now, would you adopt? Yes. I found my spiritual son. Yes. And that night we conceived naturally. His sister. We had spiritual twins. So when you hear the knock, consider the invitation. Which sounds shocking and as if the hand that takes from inside the darkness. When we walk through the door is the hand that invites, that guides, and ultimately gives. On the other side of the door is the inspired life brought to us by the presence. Thanks.
0: I truly hope Lisa's story gives you just the inspiration you need to hold on to that inner hope and listen to that inner voice of whatever direction your life is taking, that you trust the universe and let it guide you and also work fucking hard at making the dreams that you want come. You can connect with Lisa over on her website, which is lisamillerphd.com. And you can listen to the whole clip over on YouTube. It's called Depression and Spiritual Awakening, Two Sides of One Door, Lisa Miller. Once again, the links are in the show notes. You can also watch that clip over on my YouTube channel, The Fertility Reconnect, and make sure you are going over to the website, seeing what's new over there. That's www.mymindfulme.com And you can also see me and follow me making a fool of myself over on the TikTok and obviously over on Instagram. Remember, if you're loving the infertile diagnosis, please go leave us a rating or review or even comments about individual like shows what you thought what you didn't like any um, suggestions we would greatly appreciate it have a beautiful christmas lovely ladies and we will see you a few days after for another episode of the infertile diagnosis